following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode of NFL History, Andrew and I discussed the life and career of Mark Brunel. With significant runs in Jacksonville and Washington, Brunel has paved a way to be considered one of the best left-handed quarterbacks of all time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for celebrating our four-year anniversary with us today and for your support all these years. My name is Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. Andrew, I am back. I what? am back. What has it been since Monday? Was was it the last, last time? time? Yeah, Monday episode. Yeah. But oh yeah, I did record Monday, didn't I? But yeah, you recorded, yeah. but us talking was uh, last time was the Monday episode. It was. Thank you for covering. Um, you know, for these last couple of days, I want to. I I appreciate it. Uh, it's been an exhausting week, an exhausting couple of weeks, just mental overload. Uh, had some stuff to do and take care of. And actually, technically, our four-year anniversary show was yesterday. Oh, but um, technically speaking, I broke the fourth wall. But um, but since I'm here now, it's <laughs> we're going to roll with it. Um, yeah, seriously, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, thank you so much for, for being a part of our journey. Um, this show in you know our Facebook page, which we take so much pride in, has grown exponentially uh, since we started. Uh, you know we're we're definitely not where we want to be, but we're a lot further along than uh, I think I'd, we'd ever imagined. So thank you so much. We can't do it without you. We, oh, we would do it without you, but you make it <laughs> you make it worth it, honestly, for us. You know, if we were just talking to a wall or making Facebook posts that nobody reacted to, this wouldn't be as fun. But um, you know, to, to do this at the level that we do five days a week, every week with the, the magnitude of listeners that we have, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's cool. Four years is probably the longest side hobby I've ever had. Maybe, maybe I did do pro wrestling for almost five and all this stuff, but, um, but it's it's really cool. I don't, you know, I, I do. I love talking football and I love talking football with my friends. And I've gotten to talk to so many over the years. You know, of course, I met Andrew through this show, yeah. uh, you know, an entire our entire cast and crew our hosts, past and present um, and all of our guests over the years. I met, you know, got to talk football that, you know, I normally wouldn't have had those conversations with people, um, you know, and it's been a really cool ride so far. But uh, we're going into our fifth season ultimately and i am elated to uh i'm elated to get you know kind of get this thing underway uh so andrew obviously you're co-hosting with me but andrew all the guys thank you for being a part of the ride thank, thank you, you for letting us be a part of this and 
once again, thank you for the fans. I know we got a comment today and it was just so nice to hear. Cause I feel like NFL history. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it falls on deaf ears. Yeah. Oh, it but, most certainly does. <laughs> but to see a fan say something and, you know, say that they're waiting for an episode and I got to say it, it's coming. It's going to be not until next year, but we did put it on the books because we, we might be able to slide it in though, somewhere along the way. Maybe, maybe it's possible, but, but, but we the, got it on the books. We're pretty, we're pretty well scheduled. We are. We're, we're, I think good till April right yeah. now, as far as themes. Yes, we are. Oh, so that is uh that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it is always nice to actually directly hear from people who listen to us on, um, you know, give us give us props. It it does feel good. Uh, last week we talked Boomer Siason. This week uh, we are talking uh, a man who I try to find a nickname for. He doesn't have any nicknames, and we know that PFR ProFootballReference.com is actually really really good about finding random nicknames and stuff. Mark Brunel doesn't have any nicknames, but I am excited to get to talk about him a little bit today. Um, a guy that you know kind of came out. It was a little before. But his emergence was right around the same time that Peyton Manning started to break out. And honestly, um, you know, I, I grew up, I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars were the, that logo, the colors were the coolest thing. And to me, Mark Brunel was the face of those early years. I got to say, isn't this kind of like other than Steve Young, your first kind of left-handed quarterback that you've, that you've seen there? Yeah, yeah, probably not like not realizing it at the time, but okay. Um, this is but, your... with, but without a doubt, man, Jacksonville was a force to be reckoned with in the mid like mid to late 90s. So, so this is like your boomer assassin to me. You know, the guy's good, yeah, but you didn't really realize he was left handed until later on, right? And you know, I might have noticed playing like some of the older Madden games because I did. I mean, I, I used to play with the as Jacksonville all the time, even before I really fell in love with the Colts. I used to play because I thought their jerseys were the coolest things. The 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 teal, and and I liked the the helmets and it just everything. Everything worked. It was just cool because I, I was like, wow, I'm I'm living during a time when a brand new NFL team is coming into play, and uh, and Jacksonville was was legit. So um, for some time, right? He was. I mean, he was the quarterback when they went to the AFC Championship game, right in '96. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, so to me, I mean, I know obviously there's some bigger, you know, bigger names along the way from those early years, of course, don't want to forget about, you know, Fred Taylor, uh, Jimmy Smith, I believe, uh, you know, the wide receiver and, and so many other great players. But, um, but I, to me, I, I've always had especially from a younger age, quarterbacks are the identifying player. Mm-hmm. And Brunel was the face of those squads. And he, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, big time moments, Big time moments along the way. Um, you know, I, I hate to bring up old wounds, but unfortunately, he well, he ended up he was the quarterback of a team that you know a team that retired both Jim Kelly and Dan Marino. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, both of them, both of them. So, <laughs> Andrew, where'd you go? No, <laughs> I quit. You quit four years. <laughs> you know, he, he went toe to toe with a lot of guys, and I, I get it. It's not just the quarterback that comes into play, but I mean, 
They went into Def- uh, Denver at, at one point. I, mean, I know we're going to talk about it going through the history, but they went into Denver and upset the Broncos, John Elway's Broncos, in a playoff game. Good Broncos team, too. I know. That was like a 3-13 and 13 Broncos team that was just steamrolling. You I mean 13-3? 13-3? Three. Three? Yeah, 13-3, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and I think that was the year? Was it the year? That was the year that Shannon Sharp, they just pounded, I think it was, they just pounded the crap out of the Patriots. And that's when he did his famous, you need to call the National Guard type uh, little side, what do you call it? Sideline promo? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Let me see. It was, let me take a look and see what year that would have been. Probably they beat Denver in 90 in January of 97, which was the 96 season. No, yeah, it was the it was the 96 season. Okay, because they beat the Patriots 34 to eight in in New England. Denver did. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, that was a great, it was a really great Bronco squad and one that was hungry for, you know, a championship for Elway started, things were starting to come together and uh, you know, Jacksonville just didn't take no shit. And it was, it was really cool to see. Um, I'd like to do it like a Jaguars thing now that you got it, because you brought up some like cool names. I loved there are two interior defensive tackles and John Henderson and Marcus Stroud. Oh yeah. <laughs> just absolutely. I thought they were like the greatest thing in the world. That was the one reason why I took Madden. It wasn't because I wanted to play with Mark Brunel <laughs> or, you know, Keaton Marcardell. Keaton Marcardell. Oh, Keaton McCardle. Yep. Yeah. Or Jimmy Smith. It's because I wanted to play with John Henderson and Marcus Stroud. <laughs> you would only you. Um <laughs> All right, let's deep uh, let's deep dive in. I mean, do you have any other like just personal memories of watching Brunel play? Uh, well, yeah, you brought up the one where you destroyed the Dolphins, but oh, them beating the Bills, I think that had to be the greatest one. Not it was because it just, I think it was ninety. That was in that ninety six, maybe. Yes, yeah, it was that year they yeah they beat. Uh, they beat Buffalo, then they beat Denver, and then right. lost New England. But yeah, they, oh my God, both, because both scores were the same too. By the way, thirty to twenty-seven, really in that playoff run. Yep, they, they beat Buffalo and Denver thirty to twenty-seven in both games. Because Buffalo, I don't think it lost at home throughout all of the nineties. No, they, no, they didn't. Well, because you, even like when they made the playoffs. Right, it was something crazy. So everybody figured it was very rare to do. I it was kind of like when, didn't, but yeah, it was, very it was kind of like when Vic beat the Packers in Green Bay. Like right. you just were like, oh, okay, well this is a this is going to be a win for the home team, and then here comes Jacksonville, and they just were not supposed to be as good as they were. <laughs> I could say that much. Yeah, I'll yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah, we'll get into it more as we get to that point. No, for sure, for sure. So let's uh, let's go through Mr. Brunel's life and career. Um, so he was born in, on uh, September seventeenth, nineteen seventy, in Los Angeles, California. Uh, doesn't really deep dive into his parents too much, but he was the starting quarterback for St. Joseph High School, 
the St. Joseph High School Knights in out in Orcutt, California. Uh, was a starting QB in 85, 86, and 87. And he did uh, he did pretty damn well for himself. Two league championships and one appearance in the uh, CIF finals, which is basically uh, California State Championship Tournament. That's all. Um, went on to college. He signed with the uh, University of Washington straight out of high school in 88. And, um, you know, he was he was a part of a pretty big recruiting class. Steve Emptman uh, was there, Lincoln Kennedy. And, uh, you know, he was one of the he was one of the studs, I, I guess, you know, amongst that group, or at least, you know, he, he was he was toward, I mean, if you get recruited to college, that's, you know, that's pretty good. Uh, Brunel, he redshirted his freshman year, but he also seen some action, um, had some starting. He took starting duties in his sophomore year in 1990. And uh, he had a little bit of mobility to him, which was, you know, fun at that time. He did like a run pass combo quarterback, which was, you know, still, oh, God, at that time, right? Late 80s, yeah. early 90s. You're not getting that out of a lot of guys. Steve Young, Randall Cunningham. Um, very selective. It's definitely not as popular as it was today. No. Get, quarterbacks did not move. I think the – what they consider quarterback mobility was Marino shuffling his feet to the side to miss a tackle. That was, <laughs> that was extreme quarterback mobility right there. Right. Um, <laughs> but you know, he, he did pretty well. I mean, he, he grew and grew and grew and, you know, the Huskies, they won the PAC 10 championship and he is, you know, Rose bowl. He was the Rose bowl MVP and he, you know, he was just pounded on points for, for his team often, um, you know, and, you know, the, the point where they were pulling starters. So, uh, but he had a really significant college career and it just got better and better and better. Uh, I love, it looks like he was the backup to Billy Joe Holbert. Yes. And if you're a Bills fan in the nineties during when Kelly retired, I don't know how you could ever forget Billy Joel, but he is the, he is one of the original say Jamarcus Russell type guys where he just didn't read the playbook. I right. will remember Billy Joel Holbert just for not just coming out flat out and be like, eh, I didn't read the playbook. <laughs> right. And there was some controversy with Holbert, um, not controversy, but they had, there was a quarterback controversy and Brunel uh, later in his career, 92, uh, could not get that starting job away from him and uh, very, very limited rule. Um, looks like there's some kind of Los Angeles times expose with, with Hobart and, uh, and the Brunel was actually ended up back as the starter, which is uh, pretty crazy. Uh, I'm not sure exactly this, the, I mean, do you know exactly what I didn't see exactly what the thing was, but it was some, NCAA rule violations, apparently. And, uh, uh Hobart, I just know from the NFL, God only knows because this is a guy that just flat out was like, ah, eh, didn't read the playbook and you're <laughs> fighting for a starting job. Uh, but he tried his best, you know, the, 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 during the final stretch, they were messed up. Uh, you know, the team chemistry when you're starting quarterback gets in trouble for NCAA violations. He won, uh, one of the last three regular season games. Uh, but they did win, win the Pac-10, and uh, Brunel started in a second career Rose Bowl game 
against Michigan. So ultimately his collegiate career, all right, over four years at Washington, 89, 90, 91, and 92. He uh, had 52% completion uh, percent average, 3,423 passing yards, uh, 23 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. He also had 19 touchdowns on the ground, which is, uh, you know, pretty cool stuff. And, you know, it's weird, too, thinking uh, at that time. So I did go see the Kurt Warner movie last December. January, it was it was December. And, uh, you know, they just talk about, like, guys in college, just stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket, stop yeah. trying to run away. And that was one of those – that was I, one of those things. And it's like, wow, like 19 touchdowns in a seat in a career, in a college career at that time, that's pretty cool. College football doesn't really push the game quite like the NFL does. At least I don't think so. Well, probably around back then too, in like the 70s, 80s, and a little bit of the 90s, you were still looking at that wishbone option type thing. Right. So a lot of court, I think that as you, we find out as it comes in there. And as we talked about an athletic quarterback, wasn't something you were looking for. I think you're still, you're still looking for your prototypical type pocket passer, pocket passer stuff. where I think, I don't know what Warner probably would have been a little bit late. Maybe that was like the shift, but at this time, a guy like Brunel would have definitely been no, because Eric Crouch was an option quarterback, but that's, I know they ran the option like a lot. You would have three running backs, maybe a tight end, uh, a wide receiver, and you would just run that option. Right. Constantly. And those were the teams that kind of got left behind 1990. I can't tell you too much about Mark Brunel because if it wasn't, the University of Miami or Notre Dame, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not even a college guy, but you still fall. I still, you know, just a little titsy, but but yeah. I don't recollect information from college football quite like I do, you know, the NFL. Mm-hmm. But uh, regardless, Mr. Uh, Brunel uh, was drafted by the Green Bay Packers in the fifth round of the 1993 NFL draft. He was the fourth quarterback taken that year. And a little interesting thing, it was one of the, uh, is this, excuse me, this is the second time, but his teammate, uh, Billy Joe Hobart, was actually drafted by the Raiders just, uh, just ahead of him a couple rounds. And yeah, second time that two quarterbacks from the same school were drafted in the same draft, which is uh, where it was, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of like, a lot of worry about Brunel not being able to adapt to the pro game, which again, I think that comes in with that, you know, that, that mobile style that was still, you know, even today it's so normalized, but people still try to run away from it. It's it's the old guys like me, but I think the game has changed and it's spread out so much more that it, it makes more sense to just, like you said, push it and get those extra yards than just, take a sack or get completely annihilated in the pocket where you could kind of run to a safe spot and slide. Right. Right. And especially with the way that they were hitting back then, oh. you know, it's, it's worried. It, now it's a financial investment in these players and you don't want to pay, you know, some of the money, uh, even though Brunel was just a fifth rounder back, you know, a fifth rounder, those guys aren't getting really paid. Maybe, maybe that back then was a pretty penny, but compared to today, ugh. um, 
But regardless, uh, Brunel came in. He was, uh, you know, the, the intention was for him to compete with Ty Detmer uh, to be Brett Favre's backup, which is one of those cool things. He is one of, uh, he is on the Brett Favre backup quarterback tree, which has spawned a lot, um, <laughs> which I think, I think it'd be really cool to look at someday, but cause we never have, we've done the Belich or the, uh, the we, we've we done did. coaching trees. I feel like, or we've at least discussed we that. Talk, at point. We talked about Walsh. We talked about colleges, Walsh's coaching tree, uh, Paul Brown's coaching tree, which Walsh is part of. And then right. we did an our, I did an episode about the Brady six, right? Which would be fun later on to revisit as well, going through each one of those guys because there's some wacky dudes in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean the far backup tree is impressive. It, it you know it, it produced it produced you know Brunel, um, Hasselback, and you know Kurt several Aaron, Kurt Warner. Aaron technically. Technically, he is still he is uh, recognized as one. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, he even had you know at one point Jim McMahon uh, as his backup quarterback, which is really cool. Uh, Bears legend Jim McMahon, great dude. And uh, I got some here. You got you get the list. Oh boy! Uh, oh, I thought it was the list. I'm trying to think who was on there. Best quarterbacks to he's got his own ranker. Best <laughs> <laughs> quarterbacks to back up Brett Favre. We got Aaron Rodgers, Matt Hasselbeck, Mark Brunell, Aaron Brooks. I forgot about that. Yeah. Jim McMahon, Don the Magic Man Mikowski, Doug Peterson, Ty Detmer, Tavares Jackson, Steve Bono, Kellen Clemens, Danny Warfel, JTO Sullivan. My man. Uh Brad Smith. There's a lot of good names yeah. here. Steve, Bo- yeah. Did you say Steve Bono? Yeah. Yep. Steve Bono is number ten on the ranker. Well, you're, I you're mean, not, the Magic Man was his backup technically for a little bit too. Yep. I still love it that it says from Buffalo, New York. <laughs> Tim Couch. Tim Couch. Uh, yeah. I like Tim Couch. I don't know about a lot of other people, but um, far as backup tree is very very impressive and yeah i I think it would be i think at one point we should do that um just for just to have a random episode throw it in there at some point that would be a great tier list too (gasps) (laughs) a tiering of brett Favre's backups just find the list and go through brett Favre's backups that is a tier i you want to do that next week instead of trivia yes we're gonna do that we're gonna yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this bring back to your game i like it i like the sound oh. of that um but uh yeah so we competed and, and th- there was no clear-cut backup quarterback uh brunel and detmer they ended up switching back and forth and brunel didn't play at all 93 his rookie season just no games no availability far was healthy as a horse back then um later years he started you know th- there was a lot of there was some physical deterioration and, and guys would start you know, have bigger stretches, but Favre was just like any quarter, you know, any starting quarterback where you don't want to come out of the game, no matter how bad you're playing or how hurt you are. And, uh, you know, and unfortunately there was much to uh, the Packers detriment for, for many years in some instances, but um, he actually did make his debut October 20th, 1994. And he filled in Brett Favre came out of the game around the second quarter. He had some kind of hip injury and uh, Brunel, 
the uh, they, they ended up losing to the Minnesota Vikings, thirteen to ten in Week Eight. But uh, he came in and, and, and ran a 49-yard uh, touchdown drive, which is really cool. Um, to be able to come in, that's your first drive, and then he um, and then he, he he ran it in, five-yard touchdown rush. So the, the mobile guy who nobody, uh, you know, people thought would be a, maybe a hindrance to his, his, his draft stock and all that, ends up pulling out a touchdown. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no touchdown pass, no interception in the game. It kind of weakened the statistical category, but again, a decent first showing, especially going in cold, probably. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Brunel, he was a restricted free agent after the '94 season, fifth round pick. Uh, you know, CBA rules and stuff are all different now, so the the amount of time you're expected to be on the team, part is you know initial contract initial drafting it's changed considerably uh philadelphia was actually looking at him um they had just hired uh ray rhodes as their new head coach the eagles did and they're like oh we want something to uh you know we want something to uh you know someone that, that the new head that rhodes is familiar with which is uh you know which was brunel obviously you're not going to pull brett Favre away um, Brunel, maybe there's something there, but the intention essentially was to back up Randall Cunningham and Brunel didn't want to, <laughs> uh, the Packers and Eagles, they did agree on a trade, but, uh, Brunel declined to sign. He, they had a five-year deal on the table for him, but he didn't want to spend, uh, the remainder of his twenties being Randall Cunningham's backup. And he, he should have taken it. Well, it worked out either way. I mean, hindsight is tw- definitely 2020, but at that time, a, yeah, he would, he would have, I mean, that's a great, that's what a if. what if <laughs> that is because the Eagles in 95 Randall, I believe this is when they first thought Randall was fading. Right. Because I think they brought in Ronnie Pete at one point. And he shared a lot of time with Randall Cunningham. Yeah, because he became pretty much the primary starter, Rodney Pete. Jesus. Yeah, this is a couple years away from the McNabb draft. Yeah, and you would have had Brunel, a young Mark Brunel, and you would also had Ricky Waters. Right. That would have been. If Brunel grows the right way, I mean, Gruden's John Gruden is, uh, I mean, he's a wide receiver coach, but just we know his kind of quarterback lingo. It's eh, that could have been an impressive combination. Um, but he held out gone, but what's that? Oh, they were a 10 and 16 with Rodney Pete as their head coach or had as their starting quarterback. So hmm. maybe, maybe, um, but yeah, you know, Brunel, he held out, he waited and eventually the right opportunity came and Jacksonville, uh, their, uh, their first trade in franchise history. <laughs> Very early on, April twenty first, nineteen ninety five, the Jags traded a third and fifth round pick in the ninety five draft for Brunel, Um, and they immediately signed him to a three year contract. And he, you know, he just—it was a development process. I mean, how could you not want to be with this, uh, you know, this early Jaguars squad who's being coached by uh, Tom Coughlin, who hadn't, you know, he's part of the. Oh God, his name Parcells. is Parcells coaching tree. Um, so there's something there potentially. And, you know, he gets hooked up with, with Tom Coughlin right away, which is, 
really, really cool. And it was nice because they took their time with him. It wasn't great to start off with. It wasn't, you know, anything stellar. 13 games Brunel started in 95. Uh, 2,168 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, 7 INTs, and rushing for 40 yards. 480 yards was his rookie year. My apologies. And, you know, a little rough. But, again, patience, patience. Uh, but it did get better. It did get better. Uh, the Jags, you know, with with Brunel and eventually some, um, you know, of course, with the help of other talent, yeah. uh, you know, 97 was like their breakout year. 96, they were good. That was 90. I shouldn't, I shouldn't just say that, but 96, they were, I should consider 96 their breakout year. Cause that was the year that they did make that AFC championship game. Um, because they were, there's not, I mean, you look at it now, you got Baselli but he's only a year in, right? You could say, Oh, well, they had Brunel. He's two years in where the Panthers, you kind of knew where they were going because they had so many, they were built to get to that point. So quick They built quick. Yeah. Where this team just came out of nowhere that I can just, I can remember that right off the top of my head. Like nobody gave this team a snowball's chance in hell. And then here they are especially beating Buffalo and beating the Broncos. And then you go on and you lose to the Patriots. But still, if you look at the team, there's names now, but back then there's nothing great. And they're all so young. Right. Right. No, a hundred percent. And yeah, it, it it was, it was a good run. So yeah, nine and seven finished 96 in the regular season. I think the Panthers hit like 11, they hit double digit wins. I think in round, maybe. I think maybe they won division that year. Let's see. 96 NFL season. No, I don't. I want the, no, I want uh, Carolina. They went 12 and four in their second season. So um, I was about to say, where's Johnny when you need him? <laughs> I know, but it was, it's, you know, it's really cool because, uh, you know, this, that was like, that's a, what if Super Bowl right there? What if two teams who debuted in the 95 season met each other the following Super Bowl? That was like, that's a, what if Super Bowl right there, Panthers and Jaguars, but it just was not to be, it was not to be, they ended up falling to, uh, those dastardly new England Patriots, uh, Six to 20, six to 20. Just wasn't good. It was a good Patriot squad, but yeah. um, just just was not to be, unfortunately. But from there on, three straight seasons with double-digit wins. Uh, Jags were on fire for a considerable amount of time. Um, 97, they went 11 and 5, uh, lost in the wild card round. 1998, they lost in the divisional round after going 11 and 5. And then 1999, uh, Thank you. Jacksonville lost in the conference championship. The only team that they lost to all year, they, they were swept by this team and lost to him in the conference championship was the Tennessee Titans, which is insane. If you lose to a team three times, it's the only team. And that was their best team. That was Fred Taylor. That was Jimmy Smith. That's those are some really, really great Jacksonville Jaguars teams that I fondly remember. Um, I mean, just, yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, I mean that that was I mean that's a strong team, real strong team. 
Um, let me see what their roster was looking like back in. In 99? Yeah. Let's see. So passing, you know, Brunel had a solid year, a, 3, 000, a decent year, 13-2, 3,000 yards, 14 touchdowns, 9 INTs. Um, rushing, James Stewart, Fred Taylor. Um, let's see what they got in the receiving. James Stewart is not that bad of a. Yeah, G- Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardle. They had uh, former Jet great Kyle Brady at tight end. He almost, no, he only got 300 yards. Anyways, but this is, I mean, defense, defense, and, and, and you know, some some elite players were. Kevin Hart was amazing around that time. Like, I'm looking at these names. You got an older Carnell Lake, an older Bryce Pop. Uh, Tony Brackens wasn't too bad, uh, but Kevin Hardy was so good. Right. Yeah, I mean, these were just great squads, and Brunel was doing, you know, what he could. He was a pro bowler in his Jacksonville run, 97, 98, and 2000, and he was actually the Pro Bowl MVP in 1997. And, yeah, they were the – excuse me, the Jaguars won the AFC Central Division and became the first NFL expansion team to make the playoffs three times in its first four seasons of play, which uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but things, oh, three things kind of took a little bit of a slide. Brunel just wasn't just, he wasn't the same. I'm not sure what happened, you know, just getting, I'm not going to say older, but you know, he was only 33 at that time, but the injuries starting to mount up his production is not quite there. And he eventually got uh benched for, uh, Byron Leftwich and about halftime of the, through the third game of the oh three season. And it'd be the final time that Brunel took the field as a Jacksonville Jaguar. And he left the team holding all of their passing records, I believe to this day, not that it's been a super long time, but he still holds them. I think he's the longest tenure quarterback by a mile. Who, uh, who is going to beat him? Blake Bortles. <laughs> I quit. I'm done. <laughs> I love Blake Bortles. Oh, that man, fantasy God. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Brunel was great, though. Eventually, he was uh, in their team's Hall of Fame. Uh, the Pride of the Jaguars, which is, yeah, which is Jacksonville's uh, Hall of Fame. He went in in December of 2013. Um, but his story wasn't over after Jacksonville. He did spend some time in Washington. He was traded right before the 2004 season. And um, he went in as a backup. Patrick Ramsey was the uh, the lead quarterback there for Washington. But, uh, yeah, Brunel was dealing with a hamstring injury, backed him up. And, um, yeah, there was some back and forth. A uh, little bit of quarterback controversy. Brunel will be benched going into the 05 season. And then uh, Ramsey suffered an early injury. And Brunel was back into the starter role. And 05 was probably his last really, really great year. Um, he led the, the team to a 10 and 6 record and a playoff victory over Tampa, you know, just a couple years removed from their Super Bowl appearance. But he, you know, rightfully so, 2005 NFL Comeback Player of the Year award. In 2005, his stats, he threw for 3,050 yards. 23 touchdowns and 10 INTs. I don't have his rushing stats. I'm just, I don't know how much he's rushing around at that time. What year that, was that? 2005. Uh, 2005 was 111 or 
yeah, 111 yards. So yeah, he wasn't B mobile like he used to be. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, there you huge, go. There's a, there's a nickname, Brunel Mobile, B mobile. Huge drop off for his next two seasons where he recorded rushing yards. Yeah, and yeah, it just wasn't to be though. But he did have some high moments. Um, week two of the 05 season, he uh, he hit two. Big time passes to uh, Santana Mosh. I think actually we covered one of them in the play of the day. Um, well, they were a little dump off passes, but they, they, they ended up going like 70 something yard. I think one of them was like a 79 yard touchdown pass to Santana Moss, but um, they ended up scoring two touchdowns in the final four minutes of the fourth quarter and, and beat Dallas uh, 14 to 13 at Monday Night Football. So, which is pretty cool. And in 06, um, Brunel had the record for most uh, consecutive completions in a single game. He uh, completed 22 of his first passes against the Texans. He also had some other uh, very interesting little records that you might not think of. Brunel, he was the uh, in the highest completion percentage in a single game for Washington. I don't know if it's still in place, but 88.9%. Um, I'm pretty talking about Washington. Right. I, but I wonder, I wonder how much, how many like passes had to be thrown for that to be considered something. Cause somebody can go in and throw one pass and be like, you have a hundred percent completion percentage and be like, Oh, look at, I did that. Um, I would say a minimum of what 15 attempts you would have to say. I think normally that's what they look for, but, uh, but yeah, so he broke that record. It was uh Sammy Baugh had that record for 66 years. Uh, which was an 87 and a half percent. So we just, he edged him out by 1.4%. And um, yeah, eventually it just, it just faltered and it wasn't to be Brunel got benched for Jason Campbell, um, who was Washington's 05 first round pick. So uh, that was kind of the end of that in there. And then he ended up going to uh, New Orleans. He signed with the New Orleans saints and um yeah, he went. He switched his jersey number to a number eleven because Archie Manning's number eight was retired, and he was just kind of there. He backed up Drew Brees, you know, chipped in when he can. Uh, you know, his it's really like not great, but 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 Mr. Brunel does have a Super Bowl ring. I I looked up that Texans game. Oh, you did. It's pretty impressive. He was uh. 24 or 27. Oh, wow. So that, yeah, that I would say that counts. <laughs> yeah, that definitely counts. That definitely counts. That, that counts. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so Brunel did, um, Brunel did end up getting a Super Bowl ranking. He was a part of that, uh, Saints championship team that, uh, defeated the Colts, and which is pretty, pretty dang cool. Um, you know, something to hang your head on. And, um, yeah, it got the whole the forty yard field, the game winning field goal in overtime to put the Saints over the Vikings in the NFC Championship game. But He's just uh, killing our teams, huh? Uh, yeah, he, apparently, <laughs> apparently. Um, but he, he didn't play much longer than that. His final stop was in New York. He uh, he was a, he signed with a free agent sent uh, with the Jets after the 09 season. Uh, didn't resign with the Saints. And signed a two-year deal. He, uh, you know, he played against the Bills and, you know, filling in for Mark Sanchez, basically. And, yeah, 
but he did really cool thing. I know we were talking about maybe doing this, uh, you know, uh, eventually, but he did throw a touchdown pass to Santonio Holmes in a Jets uniform, <laughs> um, which is really cool. So they connected it with Washington and uh, with the Jets. So uh, Santonio Holmes. Oh, I about Santana Moss. I screwed up. <laughs> My fault. Wait, when did he? <laughs> There's oh, a lot yeah. of Santaning. Um, yeah, my fault on that one. <laughs> There's because there was a uh, Santana had a brother, Sonoris. Okay. And there was actually in the league at one point two Steve Smiths that played wide receiver. <laughs> uh, okay. I feel really bad about the Santonio Santana thing. It's really. <laughs> It's bothered me. I almost want to edit it out, but I can't. Um, well, I can, but I just don't want to. I don't care. Anyways, uh, but yeah, so he retired after the uh, two. Uh, on, he was released after one season, July 29th, 2011, and then they re-signed him two days later for a reduced salary. But um, but in April of 2012, he said he was ready to retire. And honestly, not a bad, you know, not a bad run here. Four, 13, 14 seasons, yeah, 15, something like that. Not bad, but, um, but yeah, so this, you know, some nice stuff that was said, Jason Campbell said some nice things about him upon retirement that Brunel um, helped him become a better person, better, you know, good, great quarterback, but a, you know, he's a really nice person. So um, he didn't tell him he's not his mentor. (laughs) (laughs) No, he did not. Uh, but he's not done. He's not completely out of football. This is really cool. He's actually, as of uh, January 28th of last year, Brunel is the current Detroit Lions quarterback coach. So he never went away. He is currently, uh, you know, leading Jared Goff and company to, you know, to bite kneecaps, bite kneecaps. So, um, but yeah, so ultimately Mark Brunel, his retirement, uh, his stats amongst retirement, where the heck did his PFR go? Oh, AV. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, 59.5% completion percentage, 32,072 passing yards, 184 touchdowns, 108 INTs. Um, he also has 15 NFL rushing touchdowns to his credit. So, okay. uh, so not bad, not bad. Um, I could definitely say that Brunel is up there as one of the better ones, um, you know, especially again, three, four years of solid play in Jacksonville, technically four. Um, if you include that nine and seven season, which obviously we should, cause it's a co- led to a conference championship, but solid years in Jacksonville. Um, they still really haven't been able to replace him uh, the way that they have hoped. They're hoping so with Trevor Lawrence, but you know, that remains to be seen. I never um, thought I'd, Think of it that way. That what do you mean? Jacksonville has not replaced their Mark Brunel. Right. Never really, never really thought of it. It's just like how many bad quarterbacks are they going to get? And they thought they had it with Lovewich and Garrard, and that turned out to be nothing. Then they right. thought they had it with Bortles. You because you love yourself some Blake Bortles. Oh, he was his second half wonder. Oh my god, so good. Uh, <laughs> not dude he, he played such good football in that playoff run when they lost in the conference championship when that 2017 jags team that was a great great team bortles played perfect football throughout 
and Brunel still does own all of the records. He does. Okay. Other than Jack would like this. Gardner Menchu has a higher quarterback rating. Than <laughs> I bet he would. I bet he would. Um, but that is it, everybody. Uh, for Mark Brunel. All right. His career kind of in a nutshell for you. Uh, Andrew is going to be closing up. NFL history month, uh, this NFL history month next week with our left-handed quarterback theme. Um, who do you got? In my, who, uh, I, I think you might've already said them. I can't remember. I know who you're, you're picking, but suspense yeah. for the listeners. Yeah. Snake going with Ken Stabler. Oh, I thought you were making Jake Plummer. Okay. Oh, uh, Jake Plummer wasn't. Oh, gee, I'm <laughs> going with the Jake. snake. I'm going with Jake, the snake Roberts. <laughs> Oh, I hate that man. (laughs) One wrestling show with him. He threw two beer cans at my head and tried to convince a whole audience of children to do drugs and become alcoholics. (laughs) Glad he's turned around his life, but definitely anti Hulk Hogan there. He would have made a great heel run with Hulk Hogan at that point. Oh yeah. Eat your vitamins and say your prayers. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, probably next to Joe Namath. Probably like the coolest quarterback, maybe ever. He gets a lot of a lot of high regard from people of all ages. They they love referencing his nickname and, and all that stuff. Stabler is pretty dang cool. Um, my favorite thing to look at though is how old he looked in that New Orleans Saints uniform. Oh, jeez, you talk about a guy that I felt like held on for way too long. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that next week. But dude is just so so cool. I don't you you can't help but to gravitate towards him. Right. No, I know. So we're gonna talk about the snake next Friday for NFL history. So just make sure you tune in. Um, and once again, listeners, thank you so much for this your support the last four years of this uh this podcast and, and what we're trying to do here. Uh we say it time and time again, we're we're just fans like you. We just found our way. We bought some microphones, uh, found a network, created a podcast, invested time in our Facebook page, and um, we get to kind of communicate with each and every one of you. Um, you know, it's it's just for fun. We've always prided ourselves on not being like the loudmouths on ESPN who have to yell and berate each other about football opinions when football opinions don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. We've always kept it fun. Um, we always invited people on who wanted to keep it fun. Uh, and, and so far so good. I'm very, very, uh, very, very proud of everything that we've done, um, from the beginning till now. So we appreciate you always, um, that is it on behalf of Andrew and I till next time, the two point conversation is good. (laughs) 